Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's March 24th. It's Wednesday. We made it. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Federal regulators clap back on AstraZeneca's vaccine data. Plus, Jalen Rose on the lack of Black coaches in professional sports. But first, today's one big thing. Going nowhere on the gun control debate. Less than a day after the mass killing in Boulder, Colorado, President Joe Biden urged Congress to pass gun control laws now. This is not, it should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It will save lives, American lives. Axios White House and congressional reporter Elena Treen is here to catch us up on how this debate is already shaping up. Elena, we've seen two mass killings in two weeks. What exactly did President Biden call for yesterday? President Biden issued a very, I'd say, powerful speech. And he even went a step further than a lot of Democrats are willing to go when he said that they should ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country. Again, um, the legislation that we saw House Democrats pass last week before breaking for recess would address having more background checks and closing loopholes in the background check system, but not so much on AR-15s and some of the things that, that Biden brought up in that speech. The problem is going to be what legislation they can really bring up that will get enough Republicans on board to make it law. You spent a lot of time talking to both parties. Right now, with Democrats controlling the White House, the House, and the Senate, what are you hearing from them about if they're confident about achieving anything without Republican support. It's almost like a broken record. And that's sort of the attitude of a lot of members from both parties on the Hill. They're frustrated that there's always a conversation about gun control and gun reform after a horrific incident, but they can never agree on how to deal with it. And so right now, it's expected that the House bills will come up in the Senate, but Republicans do not see those as viable options, and they certainly won't get the 60 votes that are needed to become law. Are there any leaders in either party who are trying to bridge this gap? Yes, there are. I think one thing that we've heard from Democrats in particular, we heard Senate Majority Leader today said that he wanted to work with Senator Chris Murphy, who's been a huge advocate for gun reforms on on where they can find common ground and what they can do to find some sort of compromise here. Republicans are pointing to a bill that had attempted to been passed in the in in the past but had never made it, which is the Mansion Toomey bill, which looks at enhancing background checks. But again, a lot of this is going to take time. And of course, the farther out you get from the mass shooting, the harder it is to pass some of these. And that's what most of my sources and lawmakers seem to believe, too. Elena Treen covers the White House and Congress for Axios. Thanks, Elena. Thank you, Nyla. We'll be back in 15 seconds with understanding what's behind the latest news on the AstraZeneca vaccine. Welcome back to Axios Today. Our healthcare editor, Sam Baker, was here yesterday to talk about the release of U.S. trial info for the AstraZeneca vaccine. Since then, U.S. regulators released a highly unusual statement raising concerns about the trial data. So I asked Sam to come back and explain what is going on. Hey, Sam, thanks for coming back. Of course. 
So AstraZeneca is being accused of cherry-picking data. What does that mean? So it seems like what they're being accused of here is using data that is a little bit too old. These complaints arose from an independent panel of experts that have been keeping tabs on this trial. And after AstraZeneca put out that 79% number that we were all so excited about, this group of experts said, whoa, 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 that doesn't seem like the data that we've seen, at least not the current data. For those of us who are not scientists, how much should we be concerned about the vaccine? Well, there are two levels of concern here. One, if the effectiveness number is not what AstraZeneca said it was, what is it? The implication here is that it would be lower than what the company claimed, that it would be a less effective vaccine. That doesn't necessarily mean it would be an ineffective vaccine. But just by going through all of this back and forth, and AstraZeneca has had a couple instances of this, this is not the first time this has happened with this company and this vaccine, you are casting doubt on a product that is really important to the entire world, particularly the developing world. This is a vaccine that people need to trust and need to be able to trust. And all of these sort of data discrepancies call that into question. Sam, how much do you think this reflects speeding up a scientific process because of the urgency of this pandemic? Maybe some. You know, this has moved fast and people make mistakes and science doesn't always work out the way you thought it would. We shouldn't jump to conclusions here. There's obviously more information still to come out. At the same time, we've seen three other established pharmaceutical companies do studies on coronavirus vaccines that did not have any of these data issues and these back and forth issues. And especially since we've seen multiple rounds of it with AstraZeneca, it doesn't seem like something inherent to the coronavirus vaccine process. It seems like something is going on with this company and this product. Sam Baker is Axios' healthcare editor. Yesterday, I had a chance to talk with former NBA All-Star and now ESPN analyst Jalen Rose. It was part of Axios's systemic racism coverage, in this case, with sports. We had a great conversation about his playing days, social activism, and I asked him how concerned he was about the lack of coaches of color in the NBA. I'm extremely concerned, and it's not just the NBA, as you mentioned, it's the NFL also, but it doesn't start coaching. It starts with ownership. Usually when you have an opportunity to hire, you're going to listen to voices that you're familiar with. And a lot of times they're going to not only look like you, but trumpet some of the things that you feel or think or say. And sometimes people don't want to go outside of their box, outside of their comfort zone. So it starts in ownership. You talked about the four NBA coaches in the NBA. There aren't four black owners in both sports combined. And it's 64 teams that then trickles to a low number of presidents, a low number of general managers, which plays itself out as a head coaching job. But when you look on the floor, it's primarily black players. We look on the field, primarily black players. So what that tells you is we're skilled enough to perform but you don't feel like we're smart enough to be decision makers. 
part of my interview with sports analyst Jalen Rose. I'll tweet out the link to the entire conversation, which includes Jalen singing. We'll also post it in our show notes. Before we go today, one more story we're watching is in Australia, where once-in-a-hundred-year floods have hit the southeastern part of the country. Tens of thousands of Australians have been forced to evacuate and still have animals and wildlife. I feel like I need to give you a squeamish disclaimer, and my producers are making me say this. There have been several reports of both spiders and snakes heading for higher ground, taking up residents in homes and trees, and even trying to escape the water by crawling up people's legs. That's it for us today. If you want more news before tomorrow, you can tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.